So we just recently finished uh, organizing the State of Handmade survey. If you've been around for a while, you may know what I'm talking about, where we send out a big survey of our community to try to get a handle on what's happening in the handmade community. And one of the sections this year was new. We had a whole section about COVID-19 and how that has impacted the handmade community. In today's episode, we are delving into that data and discussing what we discovered about how that has impacted our community. Some things were surprising, some things were what we expected, and we're going to talk about all of that right now. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. G'day everyone, Jess here and welcome back to the Business of Making podcast for another fortnight. I almost said week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here as always with my lovely co-host Deb. Bonjour. And Mick. Hello. And we have an exciting episode for you today because this is our episode where we're going to be talking about some results from the State of Handmade Survey. Yes. Which is awesome. We this Today we're going to focus on the impact of COVID-19 on a handmade business because that was an additional section we added this year. And it's really interesting. We think the results are really interesting. So we're going to be sharing that with you in this episode. Next fortnight or next week, whenever it comes out, in our patrons-only episode, we're actually going to delve deeper into the results and look at some of the cross-referencing between different things. So, for example, people who've been in business five years, how much money are they making? You know, Is there a correlation between how long you've been in business and how much money you're making? Is there a correlation between how much work you do, how many hours a week you work, how much money you're making? I think we can probably all guess the answer to that, but we're going to prove it one way or the other <laughs> with our survey results. So a huge thank you to everybody who participated in the survey. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to a couple of wonderful long-term patrons that have been supporting the show for a while. The first one is Sherry Boss. Shout out, Sherry. We love Hi, you. Thank Sherry. you. We like Sherry's one of the OGs. <laughs> yeah, yes, I don't actually even know what the OG stands original. for. Original. Original. Yeah. It just, but like original, what? Like, what's the G for? Like, it's original. Dumb, original. No, but like, like when you do an acronym, surely it's just the first letter of the word. Yeah, but anyway. you can't just say one of the O's. Yeah, that's it weird. Other I know, connotations, right? I'm like, right? But whenever I read, I'm like, the original what? Like, the original good guy? Like, <laughs> So Sherry uh, runs Vava Boutique, which was established in 2008. So she's been around for a while and her jewellery uh, brand is called Peridotti. So you can go check that out over at Vava, so that's V-A-V-A, boutique.com, and you can check all of her stuff. And she makes a whole range of different things. She makes lovely jewellery. She's got mugs. She's got shirts. I love her Fargo girl shirts because she's from Fargo, North Dakota. We've all heard of Fargo. <laughs> Best Netflix show as well. Oh, I've never seen the show. Oh, I've never so seen the good. movie. The movie is great. The show is great too. Very, yeah, the same kind of weirdness to it. It's amazing. I love the accent. So thank you so much, Sherry, for supporting the show. We really appreciate you doing so. Another shout out is also to, I believe, a long-term supporter of the show, Sue Murphy from Columbatty Naturals. So you can check her out over at, I'll spell it for you, C-O-L-L-O-M-B-A-T-T-I-N 
a oh, I'm into naturals now. <laughs> I just like kept selling it. <laughs> Colin Batty Naturals dot <laughs> com. Like, there's a lot of letters in this. I one. know, I know, I know. So Colin Batty Naturals, ethical, sustainable, natural, beautiful things like honey and soaps and body butters, zero mm-hmm. waste and environmentally friendly, beautiful things. I was going to say, of course, but not of course. She's in Australia. <laughs> it's all beautiful Australian made stuff. She's got teas. There's all sorts of delightful looking things to treat yourself with over there. Thank you so much, Sue, for supporting us as well. Really appreciate you supporting the show. And if you too, lovely listener, would like to support the show because this podcast is made by makers, we don't run ads, the only income we get is the support of our patrons and that allows us to employ our amazing assistant, Ivy. Round of applause for Ivy. Ivy, thank you. does like everything for us and she's amazing. So. Uh, you know, we couldn't afford to keep this show running and we couldn't afford to have Ivy if it wasn't for your support. So thank you for that. You can head on over to patreon.com slash T-bomb, T-B-O-M, to support us. And a little side note here, but if you have been a patron for a while and you haven't got a shout out, make sure you send us your information. We have definitely sent you an email or a message through the Patreon platform. And as soon as you send that back to us, we can give you a shout out. But if we don't have the information, we can't do the shout out. And we don't want to miss on doing your shout out. So please check your Patreon messages and that way we can add you to our supporter page and say hello on the show. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so let's get on with today's episode where we're going to be talking about COVID-19. Now, we do want to give some disclaimers here. First of all, that the number of respondents we had this year was quite a bit lower than last year. I can't remember exactly how many it was. It was around... Was it somewhere between 350 and 400? Something like that, which is still respectable in terms of a survey. So let's just put that out there in terms of... Statistically significant. Yes. A very good result, but compared to last year where we just had an explosion of people contributing, it's, yeah, it's much lower than what it was last year. Yeah, I think last year, like, we got some really big shout-outs from big companies and stuff Mm. that uh, because it was the first year. People are always excited. (laughs) first year something comes out so we still had a decent amount of respondents so thank you to everybody who responded and so I think what we're going to do is we're kind of just going to go through through these responses and kind of tease out the answers so should we kind of take turns with each one yeah Yeah. Mick you can start first (laughs) cool that's me (laughs) so one of the questions we asked about COVID was around if people taking the survey actually started their handmade businesses because of COVID specifically because we'd heard quite a bit of people who had started their businesses Mm. because of COVID, either because they weren't working at work still and they had more time at home or they were trying to pivot a little bit and get money because maybe they no longer had work or various other reasons. So we thought it would be, what were you guys thinking about this? I thought it would be higher the percentage, but... In terms of the people that we're reaching, I was saying when we were sort of chatting about these results earlier that I think the uh, results of this one might be a little bit skewed because people who have only just started their business because of COVID may not be even, we're not on their radar perhaps, Mm -hmm. so they wouldn't be taking the survey. So I think, you know, in terms of the whole handmade industry, I'm not sure this one is, I think we could ask this again in a couple of years and we might get different results. But anywho, did you start your handmade business this year specifically because of COVID? Out of 343 responses, 96.2% say no. Yeah. <laughs> so we have 3.8% of respondents who did actually start their business because of COVID. 
Yeah. A very small percentage. Yeah. So we have to take that in mind with the rest of our results. All the other questions that we're going to be asking is the vast majority of people were already in business yeah. when COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is, has COVID caused you to innovate in your existing business in some way? And again, because we had a lot of people, you know, I'm sure you all saw the people like making masks and, uh, you know, pivoting what they were making or changing what they were making because of COVID. And so this is really interesting because it's, it's almost split down the middle. So, mm. which a- actually surprised me. I thought it would be less people mm. would have, you know, innovated in some way, mm. to be honest. I, I just from like seeing what was going on online, like we did see a lot of people doing other things, but generally I just thought, yeah, that's like a small section of the community who mm. are doing new things. And most of the other people are kind of just keeping on, keeping on with what they were doing. So, yeah, yeah it was surprising to me to have it this. 50-50 split almost. Well, it was actually a, a slight majority who did innovate in some way. So mm. 52.2% did innovate in some way. And I think the, I think the word innovate is important here because it could have been other aspects of their business. Like maybe True. they employed somebody. Yep. Maybe they changed some aspect of how their business ran. So it mm. doesn't necessarily. Or marketing or, yeah, yeah, marketing. necessarily product. Yeah, so it's not necessarily that they changed the product they're making. It's more did it did it force you to change something yeah. about your business? Yeah. which then like when I think of it in that way, it, it makes much more sense to me that, yes, of course, a lot of people would have to innovate in some way because things mm-hmm. change so so drastically across the board. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we have some questions later on as well on like the type of products and the type of innovation and what actually they have changed and, you know, how they've pivoted. So that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see that because, yeah, it's definitely not just I've started selling masks. It's, it includes no. much more than that. Mm-hmm. Before Deb heads on to the next one, I just want to mention because I forgot to do it at the beginning, you can get all of this data if you head on over to thestateofhandmade.com, we've actually got a PDF download of the entire survey, all the results. So if you want to go check this out, uh, you can go do that. Not now because you're listening to us and why would you want to leave? But after <laughs> the episode is over, <laughs> you can head on over there and actually download the results if you want yeah. all of the details. Important because we're only kind of focusing on the COVID aspects during this episode because it would be just mm-hmm. way too long if we were to read the entire results to you. But there's so many more questions that we don't have time to cover in the episode that are in this PDF in terms of mm. like how much people are making and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, definitely go and download it. So the next question, I love this one and I was really surprised as well, is how has the time you've had to devote to your business changed due to COVID? So due to having to get a job, working from home, homeschooling and all these kind of changes that we've seen in our kind of like day-to-day life, has it increased? So did you have more time to work on your business, decreased or roughly stayed the same? And I think that for me, at least for the, the feedback I was getting from, you know, the makers community was that it was much harder to find time to work on your business. And at the same mm-hmm. time, I thought people were saying it was pretty black and white or suddenly I have all the time in the world. So anyway, the stats are 42% said that it has stayed the same. Mm-hmm. 19% only said that it has decreased and 38.8% said that it had increased. I think I was surprised to see only 19% said decreased because I think probably a lot of feedback, especially from parents homeschooling, Mm -hmm. made me feel like it was really hard to find time to work on the business because suddenly you're a teacher (laughs) and like really difficult to actually find time. But I think it's sort of compensated by the time that you couldn't really get out of the house. (laughs) So when you weren't homeschooling your kids, you did have time on the side of that. It's just Yeah, none of that extracurricular like... If you have kids, driving them all around to their sports activities just is not there now. Yeah. Or like even yourself going to the gym or whatever else you might be doing outside yeah. of the house is just not there. So it's 
just shifting yeah. <laughs> of time and time priority. Yeah, I think it's almost like we, and we didn't have a question for that because, you know, it's always when you see the answers, and you're like, oh, we should have asked this as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have kids? Yes, yeah. no. <laughs> Totally, we should have asked that. Did you lose yeah. your job? Did you have to get another job? Were you working yeah. from home? Like, what was your situation? But that would have been a little bit too, you know, I don't know, too, too many details. But I think to me, what I'm assuming, and it's totally, I don't have stats to back that up, but it's that the quality of time was different or the level of like how you had to organize yourself and the, the, the way you were going to be actually productive and like manage your time was different. And that's what threw a lot of people off because they were like, whoa, okay, I do not know how to do life this way. I used to have a routine. I used to have a schedule. I did this at this time and this time. And now everything is mixed up. And it it was kind of like this lack of organization and like kind of readjusting to a new normal that I feel maybe left people think that they had less time or that they couldn't find as much time where they did. Mm. It's just that it was like the quality of that time maybe was just interrupted Mm. a little bit more by, Mm. you know. And also just being completely overwhelmed with the situation. So even when you have time to be productive, you physically can't Mm. be productive or mentally can't be productive and just have to like veg out a bit. Yeah, and scroll Mm. the news like a million times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely for like the first part of the year, I think there was a lot of that, just scrolling the news and what's happening. And yeah, it's been a crazy year. Been crazy. Are you considering transitioning to full-time with your handmade business? If so, you'll be happy to know that I'm interrupting a conversation to talk to you about a guide that's going to help you do exactly that. We know it can be scary to jump into your handmade shop being your sole source of income. And so we made it a little bit easier for you by listing out everything we think that you should consider both on the personal and business financial levels so that you feel confident you can transition to full-time safely and that you're not forgetting anything. You can get the guide at thebusinessofmaking.com slash getfreebies and that's all in one word, getfreebies. And you'll also find the link in our website at thebusinessofmaking.com. Back to the show. So the next question that we asked was, have you changed what you sell in your business? So different to the innovation question in that we are talking about the actual products here in response to COVID. And I thought it would be more even than this. But again, it's so funny because as I was saying just before, I was like, yeah, I don't think that many people change what they sell. So this actually reflects what I thought, Mm -hmm. even though I thought the answer to this would be different. (laughs) This is how well I understand statistics. I thought it would be about 50-50, but it's much less than that. Only 23.9% did change what they sold in response to COVID and 76% just was selling the same stuff. Even more interesting is the follow-up question. Yes, yes, this one is the best. Well, the follow-up question. If you have changed what you sell in your business in response to COVID, are you now selling? So we have, we gave options of COVID-related items. So for example, fabric masks and all that kind of thing, like actually you know, related to a COVID response kind of thing or non-COVID related items. So have you, it was sort of like, have you pivoted what you sell or changed what you sell, but you're selling something completely different, not related to COVID. And the interesting result here is that 70%, 85 people, yeah, 70% of respondents there are selling non-COVID related items. So you've changed what you're selling and it's in response to COVID, but it's not COVID related items, mm-hmm. which was really mm interesting that really surprised me because I think yeah and I remember 
whichever quarter it was, it's he, you know, give those reports and the stats and the investor reports. I'm kind of obsessed with that because they do share a lot of good information. And it was pretty crazy, the response in terms of like how many sellers started selling masks and the revenue that was made on the platform through that, mm-hmm. which was exciting because it showed, you know, oh, the little business are much quicker to react to this thing than the yeah. big ones are still trying to organize making masks in China and how the heck are they going to get from China to the state in this time? And, you know, whereas all of the Etsy sellers were like, well, I have fabric, I have a sewing machine, let's go. And so (laughs) I really thought that this was going to be much higher in, yes, I've started selling masks or soap or I don't know, like, yeah, related, COVID related items. I was really surprised by this answer and also super excited. And I was like, what did you start selling? I want to ask you Can we have more information, please? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm assuming this is a guess for me, but people who were involved in say event industries, like Mm -hmm. birthday parties or anything like that would have had to pivot to something else because there was none of that happening. Yeah. Even me, like, so, you know, we specialize in wedding rings. There were not a lot of weddings. There's still not a lot of weddings yeah. happening, especially in the US. So I've definitely seen an uptick in our other jewelry in the last year. Mm. We sold a lot more earrings, especially earrings in the last year than we have for years and years. All these Zoom meetings. That's what you see is the earrings. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like people just aren't buying rings as much, but people are buying more earrings. So. I haven't changed what I'm selling, yeah. but definitely what people are buying has changed. Yeah. Um, a note on that, you know, as you said, Jess, it's just a guess at this point as to what sort of industry those people are in that changed. We will be cross-referencing that in our next episode, which is a Patreon-only episode. So mm-hmm. if you're really interested to know of those non-COVID-related items, the changes and what actual industries or types of handmade items those people are coming from, make sure that you become a patron if you are not already and you can tune into that episode and we'll cross-reference that. Have a look and dive into those. Mm, yeah. Interesting little tidbit, little analysis. Yes. Okay, so now we're going to pivot in a slightly different direction. If you were previously only selling at markets and craft shows, brick-and-mortar retail or wholesale, did COVID cause you to start selling online? We actually gave the option was already selling online here because we just wanted to make it really clear. We didn't want to confuse anyone. <laughs> no. So you're like 78.9% of people were already selling online. Now, this was an optional one, so we didn't get everybody responding to this one, but of those who were selling at markets and craft shows, brick-and-mortar retail and wholesale, 78.9% of them were also already selling online. Mm. However, I think it was twelve, only 12.9% of people said, yes, we started selling online because of COVID. Mm. I doesn't have the actual number there, but it's a bit less who did not start selling online because of COVID. Mm. So of the people who were not already selling online, we don't have the numbers right in front of us, so I'm going off the little pie graph. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a bit over 50% is yes and a bit under 50% is no. So let's say it's like maybe 55 versus 45% Mm. of the people who are not already selling online. Mm. Does that make sense? Did I say that correctly? So it's 8.2%. For the red little pie chart thing. I just looked it up. In the actual data, I was like, I need to know. 12.9 versus 8.2. Yeah, so that's just under and over 50% if you're just taking that section, right? Mm, A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. I thought it would be bigger. But Mm. again, also, obviously, honestly, these days, almost everybody is selling online, aren't they? Or have some sort of online Mm. presence. Like, it's pretty Mm. unusual to find people, except perhaps people who are older or people who have like products that don't really do well online, like things mm. that are like massive, like furniture and stuff that yeah. can mm. sell online perhaps that you don't see as much online. So I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. And I think it'd be the qualitative researcher in me would really love to talk to those people about how they handled that steep learning curve mm. of figuring out how to sell online in that 
in the midst sort of, of heightened it all. state of just craziness. <laughs> yeah. But plus, you're also pivoting to sell online, and it's not just like, oh, I'm now gonna sell in this shop or sell on this platform. It's like you have so much to learn to be able to do that as mm. well, especially if you're not tech savvy or anything like that. So it was interesting watching in Canberra at least all the food businesses mm. like that industry very quickly trying to suddenly be able to offer mm. food and drink and all that kind of stuff online and how they adapted very, very quickly. And just looking at the difference between that sort of industry and the handmade industry and where there's perhaps less support systems because you're doing it on your own and you're a solopreneur and you have to kind of learn everything yourself, mm. like how difficult that was for people or if they found it easy, mm. who knows. It'd be really interesting. I wonder if some also felt a slight, like a bit of guilt, but a relief for like, oh, I finally have time to start selling online because mm. I'm busy at the markets every weekend. Like and realistically, mm. yeah, I have to. And also I've been freed from this time at the market, which sucks for the money I'm making at the markets, but also is my, is my chance to set up and to tackle that learning curve. And that mm. kind of like, you know, all the bulk prepping to sell online. Maybe that was good because then you go back to the market, but you've done the work of actually having your shop set up online as well. Yeah, I definitely have a number of students who went through this. Either mm. they were, they did have an online presence, but they never really focused on it because yeah. they had a really good market income. Mm. I definitely had a few people like that. And then there were the people who joined the Survivor Circle or whatever who were like, yep, so <laughs> I'm yeah, exactly. to now. now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. So many saying, well, I think this is what I have to do because I don't know mm. how long this is going to last and yeah. how long, you know, my income is going to be cut from that. But that's the interesting thing too that you just said. It's like some people were already selling online. Well, like 78.9%, that's yeah. a lot. But how well and did mm. they, you know, some of them, it's kind of like I had an online presence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like when yeah. people say that and you're like, okay, <laughs> you're present online, you exist. <laughs> yeah, I have an Instagram, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but actually started really putting systems in place and pushing yeah. marketing and actually trying to sell more online. That would have been interesting to have a bit more insight into that as well. Mm. And I think we had some qualitative answer as well. People actually commenting and giving us, you know, paragraphs of text explaining. Yeah. A few people saying, you know, yeah, definitely put more energy into the online. I was there, but I'm doing much better online now. And I think this is going to keep going even when I go back to the market, which mm. will end up being a big win in the end. Well, and the next one's really exciting. So Deb's going to cover this, but... I think we've all probably heard sort of through news outlets and stuff, this online boom that, Mm. you know, everybody's had to shop online. So people uh, who might have never done it before or who sort of preferred to shop in person didn't have a choice. So if they wanted something, they had to shop online. Those of us selling online or pivoting to selling online were in a position to take advantage of that situation, which is kind of related to the next Mm. question. Yeah. Okay. This is exciting. So how has COVID affected your income compared to last year? Again, we wanted to make this very clear. So we had an option for this was my first year in business. So essentially, I can't compare. So that was 17.8% of people. Putting that aside, <laughs> we had 37.6%. So the majority said that it actually boosted their sales. 15% or 14.9% said that it hasn't really affected their sales. So kept going the same way it was the last year. And only 29% said that it hurt their sales. I was really happy with Mm. those results. I thought that was really good because it's so easy to feel like, I don't know, to see and kind of feel and focus on the negative and like a green picture and it's a crisis and nothing's working and it's hard to sell. But really, when you look at the data, people have actually got more sales compared to the previous year. So it definitely... Well, I don't think we can discount that 30%. No, we can't. Like that's still quite a big percentage. So it would be interesting then. It's a big split and it'd be interesting to know, again, like maybe we can cross-reference this, of which 
industries or which, yeah, I'm going to write this down, don't worry, um, <laughs> remember, <laughs> of which types of products mm-hmm. these people are coming from yeah. and if there's any correlation. Like is there a type of product where everyone has gone up in sales or is there a type of product where everyone's gone down? Yeah. So that might be something to look at interestingly yeah. too because, yeah, I think like it's awesome. Like we all agree it's awesome that almost mm. 40% of people have their sales boosted. Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing. But what is it about that? 30%, which is still a large percentage yeah. where it hurt their sales. Yeah, I'm a glass half full, as you can see. <laughs> as a person, I'm like, yes. let's not worry about that. Let's focus on the positive. But that's true. That's a very good point. And also uh, where the majority of those 30% people were selling at craft yeah. and fairs and just started selling online, therefore didn't have that momentum and were just building it or actually didn't start selling online. And so, yeah, it'd be very interesting to cross-reference all of that so we could see what that means. Okay, so the last one we're going to talk about today is uh, in regards to your marketing efforts since the COVID pandemic began, have you? So the first thing is stopped all marketing and have yet to resume. The next one is stopped marketing for a short time and then resumed. Third one is stopped marketing for a short time and then increased marketing efforts. The next one is continued the same level of marketing the whole way through, and this was 43.4% of people continued the same level of marketing, so almost half. And then the last one, increased marketing effort from the beginning, and this is the second highest one, which is 28% of people Mm. basically ramped up their marketing effort straight away, and the other three Mm -hmm. kind of peter out underneath that. And the red one, so 14%. So 43% of people didn't change. 28% of people increased their marketing effort immediately. Then 14% of people stopped briefly when basically – the doo-doo hit the fan and then started again. Yeah. <laughs> and then a few people like stopped marketing, like a 9% stopped marketing and haven't resumed their marketing. Mm. So it's interesting that I actually found it interesting that 43.4% of people didn't change anything. Yeah. I would have thought that a lot yeah. of people would have changed stuff, but. Yeah. Continue the same level and also 28% increased marketing efforts mm. from the beginning really surprised me. And I think this also comes from the feedback that we get because of what we do mm. in this industry, the fact that we're teaching or guiding or however you want to call us. We often get feedback from people who need yes. the help. <laughs> so mm. you actually get the people who will say, I don't have time anymore. I'm struggling mm. with time, which is why I think my I had a little bit of a different view of what that stat would be that we mentioned before. And here, same thing. It was like, I've stopped because I don't know how to mm. talk about my products. It's awkward. It feels icky to sell. Can you help me do marketing in this time of crisis? This is a lot of the questions that I was being asked like essentially a year ago. It was like April-ish yeah. last year. But that's because the rest of them were just actually <laughs> too busy increasing the marketing effort or yeah. keeping it going, you know? And so they didn't actually mm. come to people like us for feedback and help. That's mm. how I explain it to myself. No, I don't I know if that's, that's true. <laughs> we, are, we see people who need the most help. We don't tend to yeah. get the people mm. who are already doing awesome. <laughs> Is that a new help? So we're going to definitely see a skewed vision of yeah. this from that. And then we just want to mention some quick notes, some of the stuff that has come out of this. Like we had a section in the survey where people could kind of write to us and tell us what's been going on. Uh, one of them was I found have found persistence, determination, and an ability to adapt and embrace change has enabled my business to grow during 2020 which I really liked. And the next one, my first six months in business have been the hardest I've ever worked and the most fun I've ever had. Getting to know some of the community of makers has been great. Last year was the first time I truly made a profit with my business and I began to see success. It was an amazing year for me, you know, like, so there's a lot of positivity here as well. 
there's definitely had some negative comments from people who are really struggling as well. But mm-hmm. I guess I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of people who said it was actually a really good thing for their business. Yeah. Mm. And I like yeah. that idea of it was the hardest and yeah. also the best. <laughs> I think there's a lot of mm. that when you start a business, it's like exhausting, tiring, also mm. exciting. And it's like mm. this double, I don't know, you can feel those two things at once and often you will, like it's rare that it's one or the other. I thought that was a really great kind of like snapshot of what it is to start mm. a business. And especially in a time like that. We had another one here that I thought was really interesting too. That said, I pivoted my business during the pandemic. I was already shifting away from trade shows toward direct sales. My business used to focus on my designs being manufactured by others and sold wholesale. During the pandemic, I switched 90% to handmade by me and sold directly to customers on Etsy. Sales were phenomenal. I expect the pandemic shopping will slow down though when the pandemic ends. And I mean, I don't know (laughs) that for sure, but I challenge you on that because that's not factual. Mm -hmm. We don't know yet that. And that's what, you know, Jess was saying before as well with the boom of e-commerce. There's actually a lot of people who were not shopping online before and now Mm -hmm. they are. And also when you've done other work to build the momentum, it's not just because of the pandemic. Like you've also got that momentum now, so you will Mm -hmm. keep going hopefully. And Yeah, so I think we've got some really interesting results there. Thank you again to everybody who shared their results if you'd like to share with us you can do so in our facebook group just head on over to thebusinessandmaking.com forward slash facebook to come and join us over there we'd love to hear your story what's happened you know to your business during the pandemic feel free to come over and share that with us and we'll share this episode obviously mm. in there as well did you guys have any other final thoughts on this before we wrap up no i think that was pretty mm-hmm. in depth and i think obviously anything that when we're talking about numbers and stuff especially for me i'm like i need the visual <laughs> so <laughs> definitely jump over and get the pdf so you can sort of make sense of all this stuff that we've been talking about as well and all the other extra information that's in there that yeah, we didn't for sure. talk about again final yeah. shout out to our patrons thank you so much for supporting the show and making it possible patreon com forward slash t-bomb if you'd like to help us make this show happen i will be back again soon thank you so much for listening and bye for now bye.